David goes into stealth mode to flee a murderous King Saul. It's 1 Samuel chapters 19 through 22 and Proverbs chapter 29 verses 15 through 27 here on Commuter Bible. This is Commuter Bible, the audio Bible reading plan to match your weekly schedule. I'm your host, John Ross. In our last episode, King Saul's jealousy and hatred for David began to grow as David successfully conquered the Philistines in battle time and again. Saul began plotting David's demise, but his plans to see him killed were all foiled. Today, Saul's rage becomes clear to everyone, and David flees from the king's presence. As he takes shelter in a distant cave, his family catches word and they join him, along with other men who seek escape from Saul's reign. Later, Saul starts to crack under pressure, imagining that David could strike at any moment. In a rage, he puts a city of priests and their families to the sword. 1 Samuel Chapters 19 through 22. Saul ordered his son Jonathan and all his servants to kill David. But Saul's son Jonathan liked David very much. So he told him, My father Saul intends to kill you. Be on your guard in the morning and hide in a secret place and stay there. I'll go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are and Talk to him about you. When I see what he says, I'll tell you. Jonathan spoke well of David to his father Saul. He said to him, The king should not sin against his servant David. He hasn't sinned against you. In fact, his actions have been a great advantage to you. He took his life in his hands when he struck down the Philistine and the Lord brought about a great victory for all Israel. You saw it and rejoiced. So why would you sin against innocent blood by killing David for no reason? Saul listened to Jonathan's advice and swore an oath. As surely as the Lord lives, David will not be killed. So Jonathan summoned David and told him all these words. Then Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he served him as he did before. When war broke out again, David went out and fought against the Philistines. He defeated them with such great force that they fled from him. Now an evil spirit sent from the Lord came on Saul as he was sitting in his palace holding a spear. David was playing the lyre, and Saul tried to pin David to the wall with the spear. As the spear struck the wall, David eluded Saul, ran away, and escaped that night. Saul sent agents to David's house to watch for him and kill him in the morning. But his wife, Michael, warned David, If you don't escape tonight, you will be dead tomorrow. So she lowered David from the window, and he fled and escaped. Then Michael took the household idol and put it on the bed, placed some goat hair on its head, and covered it with a garment. When Saul sent agents to seize David, Michael said, He's sick. Saul sent the agents back to see David and said, Bring him on his bed so I can kill him. When the agents arrived, to their surprise, 
The household idol was on the bed with some goat hair on its head. Saul asked Michael, Why did you deceive me like this? You sent my enemy away, and he has escaped. She answered him. He said to me, Let me go. Why should I kill you? So David fled and escaped and went to Samuel at Ramah and told him everything Saul had done to him. Then he and Samuel left and stayed at Nioth. When it was reported to Saul that David was at Nioth in Ramah, he sent agents to seize David. However, when they saw the group of prophets prophesying with Samuel leading them, the Spirit of God came on Saul's agents, and they also started prophesying. When they reported to Saul, he sent other agents, and they also began prophesying. So Saul tried again and sent a third group of agents, and even they began prophesying. Then Saul himself went to Ramah. He came to the large sister Netsehu and asked, Where are Samuel and David? At Nioth and Ramah, someone said. So he went to Nioth and Ramah. The Spirit of God also came on him, and as he walked along, he prophesied until he entered Nioth and Ramah. Saul then removed his clothes and also prophesied before Samuel. He collapsed and lay naked all that day and all that night. That is why they say, Is Saul also among the prophets? David fled from Nioth and Ramah and came to Jonathan and asked, What have I done? What did I do wrong? How have I sinned against your father so that he wants to take my life? Jonathan said to him, No, you won't die. Listen, my father doesn't do anything great or small without telling me. So why would he hide this matter from me? This can't be true. But David said, Your father certainly knows that I have found favor with you. He has said, Jonathan must not know of this, or else he will be grieved. David also swore, As surely as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, there is but a step between me and death. Jonathan said to David, Whatever you say, I will do for you. So David told him, Look, tomorrow is the new moon, and I'm supposed to sit down and eat with the king. Instead, let me go, and I'll hide in the countryside for the next two nights. If your father misses me at all, say, David urgently requested my permission to go quickly to his hometown Bethlehem for an annual sacrifice there involving the whole clan. If he says, good, then your servant is safe. But if he becomes angry, you will know he has evil intentions. Deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought me into a covenant with you before the Lord. If I have done anything wrong, then kill me yourself. Why take me to your father? No, Jonathan responded. 
If I ever find out my father has evil intentions against you, wouldn't I tell you about it? So David asked Jonathan, Who will tell me if your father answers you harshly? He answered David, Come on, let's go out to the countryside. So both of them went out to the countryside. By the Lord, the God of Israel, I will sound out my father by this time tomorrow or the next day. If I find out that he is favorable toward you, will I not send for you and tell you? If my father intends to bring evil on you, may the Lord punish Jonathan and do so severely if I do not tell you and send you away so you may leave safely. May the Lord be with you just as he was with my father. If I continue to live, show me kindness from the Lord. But if I die, don't ever withdraw your kindness from my household. Not even when the Lord cuts off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. Then Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord hold David's enemies accountable. Jonathan once again swore to David in his love for him, because he loved him as he loved himself. Then Jonathan said to him, Tomorrow is the new moon. You'll be missed because your seat will be empty. The following day, hurry down and go to the place where you hid on the day this incident began, and stay beside the rock easel. I will shoot three arrows beside it, as if I'm aiming at a target. Then I will send a servant and say, Go and find the arrows. Now, if I expressly say to the servant, Look, the arrows are on this side of you. Get them. Then come, because as the Lord lives, it is safe for you and there is no problem. But if I say to the youth, Look, the arrows are beyond you. Then go, for the Lord is sending you away. As for the matter you and I have spoken about, the Lord will be a witness between you and me forever. So David hid in the countryside. the new moon, the king sat down to eat the meal. He sat at his usual place on the seat by the wall. Jonathan sat facing him, and Abner took his place beside Saul, but David's place was empty. Saul did not say anything that day because he thought, something has happened. He must be ceremonially unclean. Yes, that's it. He is unclean. However, the day after the new moon, the second day, 
David's place was still empty. And Saul asked his son, Jonathan, Why didn't Jesse's son come to the meal, either yesterday or today? Jonathan answered, David asked for my permission to go to Bethlehem. He said, Please let me go because our clan is holding a sacrifice in the town, and my brother has told me to be there. So now, if I have found favor with you, let me go so I can see my brothers. That's why he didn't come to the king's table. Then Saul became angry with Jonathan and shouted, You son of a perverse and rebellious woman! Don't I know that you are hiding Jesse's son to your own shame and to the disgrace of your mother? Every day Jesse's son lives on earth, you and your kingship are not secure. Now send for him and bring him to me. He must die. Jonathan answered his father back. Why is he to be killed? What has he done? Then Saul threw his spear at Jonathan to kill him. So he knew that his father was determined to kill David. He got up from the table fiercely angry and did not eat any food that second day of the new moon, for he was grieved because of his father's shameful behavior toward David. In the morning, Jonathan went out to the countryside for the appointed meeting with David. A young servant was with him. He said to the servant, Run and find the arrows I'm shooting. As the servant ran, Jonathan shot an arrow beyond him. He came to the location of the arrow that Jonathan had shot, but Jonathan called to him and said, The arrow's beyond you, isn't it? Then Jonathan called to him, Hurry up! And don't stop. Jonathan's servant picked up the arrow and returned to his master. He did not know anything. Only Jonathan and David knew the arrangement. Then Jonathan gave his equipment to the servant who was with him and said, Go, take it back to the city. When the servant had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone easel, fell face down to the ground, and paid homage three times. Then he and Jonathan kissed each other and wept with each other, though David wept more. Jonathan then said to David, Go in the assurance the two of us pledged in the name of the Lord when we said, The Lord will be a witness between you and me and between my offspring and your offspring forever. Then David left, and Jonathan went into the city. David went to the priest Ahimelech at Nob. Ahimelech was afraid to meet David, so he said to him, Why are you alone, and no one is with you? David answered the priest Ahimelech, The king gave me a mission, but he told me, Don't let anyone know anything about the mission I am sending you on or what I have ordered you to do. I have stationed my young men at a certain place. Now, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread, or whatever can be found. The priest told him, 
There is no ordinary bread on hand. However, there is consecrated bread, but the young men may eat it only if they have kept themselves from women. David answered him, I swear that women are being kept from us, as always when I go out to battle. The young men's bodies are consecrated even on an ordinary mission. So of course their bodies are consecrated today. So the priest gave him the consecrated bread, for there was no bread there except the bread of the presence that had been removed from the presence of the Lord. When the bread was removed, it had been replaced with warm bread. One of Saul's servants detained before the Lord was there that day. His name was Doeg the Edomite, chief of Saul's shepherds. David said to Ahimelech, Do you have a spear or sword on hand? I didn't even bring my sword or my weapons since the king's mission was urgent. The priest replied, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, is here, wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you want to take it for yourself, then take it, for there isn't another one here. There's none like it, David said. Give it to me. David fled that day from Saul's presence and went to King Achish of Gath. But Achish's servants said to him, Isn't this David the king of the land? Don't they sing about him during their dances? Saul has killed his thousands, but David his tens of thousands? David took this to heart and became very afraid of King Achish of Gath. So he pretended to be insane in their presence. He acted like a madman around them, scribbling on the doors of the city gate and letting saliva run down his beard. Look, you can see the man is crazy, Achish said to his servants. Why did you bring him to me? Do I have such a shortage of crazy people that you brought this one to act crazy around me? Is this one going to come into my house? So David left Gath and took refuge in the cave of Adullam. When David's brothers and his father's whole family heard, they went down and joined him there. In addition, every man who was desperate, in debt, or discontented rallied around him, and he became their leader. About 400 men were with him. From there, David went to Mizpah of Moab, where he said to the king of Moab, Please, let my father and mother stay with you until I know what God will do for me. 
So he left them in the care of the king of Moab, and they stayed with him the whole time David was in the stronghold. Then the prophet Gad said to David, Don't stay in the stronghold. Leave and return to the land of Judah. So David left and went to the forest of Harith. Saul heard that David and his men had been discovered. At that time, Saul was in Gibeah under the tamarisk tree at the high place. His spear was in his hand, and all his servants were standing around him. Saul said to his servants, Listen, men of Benjamin, is Jesse's son going to give all of you fields and vineyards? Do you think he'll make all of you commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds? That's why all of you have conspired against me. Nobody tells me when my own son makes a covenant with Jesse's son. None of you cares about me or tells me that my son has stirred up my own servant to wait in ambush for me, as is the case today. Then Doeg the Edomite, who was in charge of Saul's servants, answered, I saw Jesse's son come to Ahimelech, son of Ahitub, at Nob. Ahimelech inquired of the Lord for him and gave him provisions. He also gave him the sword of Goliath the Philistine. The king sent messengers to summon the priest Ahimelech, son of Ahitub, and his father's whole family who were priests in Nob. All of them came to the king. Then Saul said, Listen, son of Ahitub. I'm at your service, my lord, he said. Saul asked him, Why did you and Jesse's son conspire against me? You gave him bread and a sword and inquired of God for him so he could rise up against me and wait in ambush, as is the case today. Ahimelech replied to the king, Who among all your servants is as faithful as David? He is the king's son-in-law, captain of your bodyguard, and honored in your house. Was today the first time I inquired of God for him? Of course not. Please, Don't let the king make an accusation against your servant or any of my father's family. For your servant didn't have any idea about all this. But the king said, You will die, Ahimelech. You and your father's whole family. Then the king ordered the guards standing by him. Turn and kill the priests of the Lord because they sided with David. For they knew he was fleeing, but they didn't tell me. But the king's servants would not lift a hand to execute the priests of the Lord. So the king said to Doeg, Go and execute the priests. So Doeg the Edomite went and executed the priests himself. On that day, he killed 85 men who wore linen ephods. He also struck down Nob, the city of the priests, with the sword. Both men and women, infants and nursing babies, oxen, donkeys, and sheep.
However, one of the sons of Ahimelech, son of Ahitub, escaped. His name was Abiathar, and he fled to David. Abiathar told David that Saul had killed the priests of the Lord. Then David said to Abiathar, I knew that Doeg the Edomite was there that day, and that he was sure to report to Saul. I myself am responsible for the lives of everyone in your father's family. Stay with me. Don't be afraid, for the one who wants to take my life wants to take your life. You will be safe with me. Proverbs chapter 29, verses 15 through 27. A rod of correction imparts wisdom, but a youth left to himself is a disgrace to his mother. When the wicked increase, rebellion increases, but the righteous will see their downfall. Discipline your child, and it will bring you peace of mind and give you delight. Without revelation, people run wild, but one who follows divine instruction will be happy. A servant cannot be disciplined by words. Though he understands, he doesn't respond. Do you see someone who speaks too soon? There is more hope for a fool than for him. A servant, pampered from his youth, will become arrogant later on. An angry person stirs up conflict, and a hot-tempered one increases rebellion. A person's pride will humble him, but a humble spirit will gain honor. To be a thief's partner is to hate oneself. He hears the curse, but will not testify. The fear of mankind is a snare, but the one who trusts in the Lord is protected. Many desire a ruler's favor, but a person receives justice from the Lord. An unjust person is detestable to the righteous, and one whose way is upright is detestable to the wicked. This podcast runs free of charge and free of commercials because of the kindness of listeners just like you. People who love the podcast, want it to be available for free for everyone, and who want to see the show thrive. If you want to be a part of this fabulous crew that represents about 2% of our listening audience, you can go to patreon.com slash commuterbible. Giving tiers start at just $3 a month. You can choose one of those tiers or you can design your own. Today's episode was narrated and orchestrated by me, John Ross, and co-produced by Bobby Brown, Caitlin Ron, Eric Williamson, and the Christian Standard Bible. Thanks for listening, and remember, happy is the one whose delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. <laughs>